Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod. I'm your host Andy Rowan, as usual, joined by Big Jim and Goody. Uh, before we get started, um, have you guys seen some of the entrants to the Ordinary Rig Contest being run by Budgie Smuggler yet? Yeah, I've been commenting on some of the, the posts, actually. Oh, so you're on social media now? No, this is before. This was Instagram. Oh, you're okay. off. Hold on. Mate, stop asking me. Leave me alone. This is about budgie smugglers. Okay, yeah, right, 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 Goody, right. don't you answer, because it isn't shit rig, mate. It's ordinary rig. Oh, okay. So I, I've i said that I put myself on there, and they said that my rig is too good to be an ordinary ordinary rig, quote-unquote. Well, I was chatting to the budgie smuggler guys last night at uh, one of the live shows that we do, uh, and the, the, the budgie smuggler guys were there. And they looked at me and they went, Goody, if you enter, you will win. You'll be in Australia, just like the king of the jungle when you come out of the jungle. Would to you jungle. say that you've got an ordinary rig? I've got a hell of a rig, mate. Tops off. Shit rig. Mate, it is either shit rig, <laughs> if they run a shit rig or a horrendous rig You're in competition. It as well. The melted wheel bin, I'd the bag of bones that you are. Mine would be decent rig. No. You can still uh, you can still enter hashtag ordinary rig UK. Uh, personal favourite of ours on the show is Matthew Anthony uh, from Chester. Asked to describe himself in three words, he's gone with needs more girth. Honest, honest, mm. good lad. The top three winners get flown to Australia in October to take on the Australians in the ashes of ordinary. So head to budgiesmugglerukcom for full details. And the women's range uh, smuglets is uh, oh, going online. Get it, get yeah. it, get it, smuglets, get it, Goody. Maybe yeah. that maybe that's what I need. Mate, definitely. You could definitely answer the woman's <laughs> one, mate. Uh, that's going online at the end of this week as well. Um, so they're all set up um, for overnight shipping. So go to budgiesmugglersuk.com uh, and uh, get into the smuggling. Smuggle. Yeah. Smuggles. Thank you also to rugbypass.com for their help with the pod. You can watch the show on rugbypass.com. And a massive thank you to Guinness for their help with the live shows, which was a great night at the Cabbage Patch last night. Goody, how are you feeling, mate? Yeah, fresh as a daisy. Are you really? We, no. we, we, we ended up in a, an American dining joint, me, Goody, and Freddie Burns. And Goody was absolutely slippered. Well, I was, wasn't you I? Were, you were chatting crap. Oh, what was I really? Yeah. <laughs> you were chatting crap. Oh, mate, this, the live show was great. That was great. Like, you know, oh, let, let's do more. We need to do more, Jim. Like, and I'm like... I don't remember well, saying well, any of that. That's what you were saying. Because we've been invited to, obviously, other places, America, uh, Bermuda. Yeah. And you're like, mate, we'll go there and do these. Loving it. Uh, yeah, no, it was great. Um, got home, spoke to the missus for half an hour. I have no recollection of doing that either. And then fed the twins. What? Yeah, like with the missus, she took one, I took one, probably whacked the baby's head on the cot as I was getting her out. Absolutely, same <laughs> But everyone's, everyone's all good this morning. Good. Glad you've seen your family. Yeah, and then I went to watch England train this morning. How was that? Yeah, interesting. So they would have just been taken easy ahead of the game uh, this weekend, like a couple of days away? Oh, no, 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 no. Smashing the living Smashville, shit. Tennessee. Really? Yeah, it was. it looked like a really good session. Um and today I realised how happy I am to be retired. Because, you know, when you're training, Jim, yes. and you, you'd understand yeah. this, so you know yeah. when the, the starting team play against your team, the Shags, yeah. uh, and then there's always extra players. So if there's five second rows and you're doing team on team, you've got your two starting second rows, so Maratoji and George Cruz. Then you've got your other second rows, Will Skelton, uh, Nick Ezequi, and then you've got your Shag your shag Shags, like the proper mixed veg or chopped veg or whatever you call them. Who are on the sidelines? They call them bin juice at Sarri's name. Bin ju- the yeah. bin juice, juice. The bin juice. Right. Yeah. So I, a lot of the time, I'd sub myself in and out of train. I'd just do a couple of reps, and then you're out for ten. The boys on the side of the field that are not involved in training, 
They are getting flogged to death. <laughs> the, oh. the fitness they're doing, down ups. You know, you sometimes used to go off the field for a I bit just of chat, rest. Have a chat, have a chat, abuse the lads. Yeah. Like from the sideline, yeah, shit. Yeah. Those boys are getting absolutely oh, rinsed. Mate, that just doesn't it looked, seem enjoyable. No, it looked and fair play, the intensity of it. And I spoke to a few of the coaches and stuff, and they they said, you know, everything's driving them us to standards that we're going to get towards Scotland for, standards that's driving themselves well standards so. for, that we, we're going to get towards and we're aiming for Japan 2019 it's all about winning the World Cup and oh, these are all pro and winning the World stuff. Cup that's what they were talking about But winning the World that, Cup I said, mate, you finished fifth in the Six Nations <laughs> mate <laughs> I said I was like if you train like that between now and Tokyo in when is it September the boys are going to be fucked 16 months I was like there's going to be retirements all over the yeah. shop they're, they're going to be chop suey get yeah. it oh nice yeah, yeah, I spoke to a couple of lads and they were like oh yeah great session and I've retired two years ago Jim, you've been retired a year now, haven't you? A year, basically, to the day. I dread to think how I'd get through a training session now compared to what we used to do. Well, and that's two years. Your body, your body's fucked, as we can see. We obviously talk about, it, but you're having an ankle op in you as well. You've had a knee op. Mm-hmm. I'm having another knee op and an ankle op. Is this is this gen, genuinely down to the excess weight or not? <laughs> like, what, it depends it, if the insurance listing. It's very serious. You know, it's golfing injury. Um, hey, listen, it's years and years of pounding the turf, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, this is what I mean. Or pounding I, or the four G. I think the four Gs have done my ankles. Oh, mate, the four Gs done a lot of people, yeah. mate. Yeah, burning all the scarlet spores. We're, t- we're going to chat to one of them yeah. later, aren't we? Yeah, we'll talk to talk to him very soon. Massive apologies, actually, um, to everyone that's been refreshing their the app to see if the podcast was uh, coming out. We're coming to you a little bit later in the week uh, to preview the Aviva Premiership final and the Pro Fourteen final. And Jim's been away, and that's been one of the main reasons why we're coming to you later. Um, Hong Kong, Jim. Yeah, Hong How Kong was filming for the part two. It might be part three of the Rugby Explorer, and it was class. Ate a snake. You ate a snake. Yep, yeah, ate a snake. Apparently, that's the weird Hong Kong traditions that they do. It was like snake soup. Oh, the old snake soup. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it tastes like chicken. Had pig intestine, so it's actually still in the intestine tube. Oh. That, mate, it was the it was it was worse than the cat food you had last week. <laughs> Genuinely, I, I instead of eating that again, I'd eat a tin of cat food because it was really? that, it was that it was that bad. So if I bring if I oh, mate, no, no 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 none of these bets, <laughs> none of these bets. But yeah, it was class. We I went dragon boating. We did a load of things, a load of cultural stuff to show Hong Kong in a different light to maybe how some people perceive it. Yeah, but I trained with the Hong Kong rugby team, the national team. I didn't know, mate, they could be in the World Cup. They've got a few games to get through. Yeah. They've, got, they've got a couple of big games coming up in that they, they've got Korea, they've got Malaysia, and they need to win one of them games, and then they're going to Repercharge. play Canada, and then yeah. they go into the Repercharge or whatever they call it. No, it was class, so you can check it out. I don't know when, and then we're doing another one. We're filming another one, hopefully, in July. We're going stateside. Stateside. I saw, did see some pictures on social media of you running with your top off and wearing an interesting, yeah. interesting um, jacket. Yeah, some interesting clothes as well. I wouldn't say interesting, embarrassing. Well, no, I wouldn't say. I'd say cultural. I'd and say I, embarrassing. I looked unbelievably sharp. It's one of them where you know when you put a suit on, <laughs> you put a suit on. You might not. Where'd you get your suits from? Asda. I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with Asda. <laughs> uh, put this jacket on that I had custom made, so I chose the material, chose the interior, and I put it on. It was like one of them. Holy shit! Oh, I look good. Wow. That no. No? no, 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 no. Yeah, I've been to a few all-you-can-eat Chinese buffets, and you know the maitre d at the front? Yeah. It's like, oh, hello, sir, come to your table. You look like him. I look good. We do have to apologise, though, don't we? Because, as you said, this pod is a bit late. I'm walking up and down the streets, and people are like, hey, where's the podcast this week? I'm like, 
Jim's been away. Is we do have a life as well. So just Mate, we're in demand. Walking down the streets, getting abused for not having to put weed. You I mean, fat bastard! You <laughs> fat bastard! <laughs> so yeah, all good fun. Well, let's uh, let's have a look at um, some rugby now. A uh, Pro Fourteen final. Are you yes, guys excited we're about going this? Pro Fourteen. I love Pro Fourteen. I love it. I have no comment to make. I have to be very careful what I say these days. <laughs> He's been told off now. About the Pro 14. No, listen. Um, the Pro, uh, what are you calling it? You just called it Pro 14 for the first time. Well, it's the final. This and, season. And the, 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 it's the final, and two quality teams are there in terms of uh, Leinster are playing Treviso, aren't they? Oh. <laughs> no. Um, Scarlet's Tre- uh, Leinster. Listen, my argument, yet again, is week in, week out, and the whole thing with uh, James Ryan, I think he played four games in the Pro 14 this year. Uh, the fifth was obviously... Did he play at the weekend? Yeah. So that was his fifth game in the Pro 14 this year. There's my argument, in a nutshell. He's, he's played, played triple the amount of the games. He's played all the Ireland games. Um, so I think he's played 21, 22 games or something. He's 22, played I think, yeah. five of those games in the Pro 14. Uh, but, the, you know, the, the teams on paper, so the Scarlets and Leinster, they had great success in the Champions Cup. They're, they're damn good teams. And I've never said all oh, the teams are crap. I've just said week in, week out. None of the internationals play, so therefore the intensity of it. But come finals time, it's it's great to watch. And obviously, you know, Scarlet's defending their title at the place they won it last year uh, in Dublin against Leinster, who they um, knocked out in the semi-finals. Yep, obviously Leinster beat them in the semis uh, of of the Champions Cup. Scarlet's, what's gone on in Scotland, Jim? Mate, Glasgow hadn't lost at home all year, and I've done my research, and they got hosed. Yeah, I just don't like the pitch. Just oh. don't like, just don't like the artificial pitch. Scarlet's boys have been out. No, there. I know. It's I don't mind it. I, mean, I can understand why. And Shocking. Then, they see some of the burns on their legs. Well, the thing is, today in the media, today being Thursday, Xander Faggerson's come out and said about the gra- about the grass burn situation. With how could it be grass burns when it's four G? Well, just, just throwing it out. It's, there. it's grass burn gate. Artificial pitch gate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so talking artificial pitch gate, if yep. you want to call it that. Uh, Scarlet's guys obviously come out. The coaches have come out, said they've not been able to train. Xander Faggerson, uh, tight head prop for Scotland, Glasgow, came out today being Thursday, saying they've got no problems with it, no burns. So he's obviously been given that dossier and said, please say that about the pitch. But it's one of them where it's difficult in Glasgow because anyone who watches the Pro 14 or has been to Scotland to watch them, they had big issues with the pitches before and loads of games were getting called yeah, off. It was right. and, yeah, it and, was. And in Scotland, that that's all, you know, or places where it rains a significant amount, but you can't have a game of rugby now on a crap pitch. You know, the game's moved on so much, and that's yeah. the, the only way that you can do it. But it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Obviously, with the Jack Willis injury at Allianz Park at the weekend John as well. Barkley ruptures Achilles at the yeah. weekend. There's some serious well. injuries coming out of it, and people are clearly labelling it as it's the artificial pitch, yeah. the 4G or 3G, 5G, whatever it is, G, uh, that is creating these, because people's studs get stuck in the ground that don't necessarily happen on a grass pitch. Yeah. Um, but there's different sort of sides to the argument. The FA uh, in football, for example, they're talking about selling Wembley to this the, the owner of Fulham Football Club and using that money to get uh, to, to get an artificial pitch within 15 minutes of everyone in the country to get kids playing sport on outside. Because, like Jim said, there's a lot of places who have horrendous conditions in in the UK and, and games get called off all the time. The likes of Newcastle was exactly the same. Their pitch was awful, uh, unplayable. At, sometimes at times. you still had to play. Yeah. And they've done it for the standard rugby. And obviously Glasgow did it, suited the way they played. Newcastle did it um, with an idea of it should suit the way they play. And they've, they've grown into that team now that can play on it. Um, Worcester have done it as well. Worcester's pitch was normally okay. Yeah. Uh, but they've gone down the route. And obviously Saracens did it because it's a big pull on the community th- side of it as well. So, Well, that's how they engage with getting the kids involved, getting them on the pitch. It's, it's one of them where 
you know, you don't have to look after it as much. If you're asking my opinion, is I, I as a, when I did play, I would much rather have played on a pitch, as in a grass pitch. And was... I, I, I got some serious burns, and they're sore. You know what I mean? Imagine and them sticking to the sheet. They're horrible. Mate, they're they're horrible. Well. And you know what I mean? And then they, anyone who's had a small scab on their knee, you know, ten times the size of an art, you know, of one of these scabs that you'd normally get falling off a bike. Mate, they're sore. They're painful. So I understand what the scouts are saying, like, you know, the blisters that they've got and the injuries that come out. I don't know what the figures are or the stats are for it, but ultimately it comes down to facilities, comes comes down to money. Can these teams afford it? Well, let's take a, a closer look at the uh, Pro 14 final. We'll uh, talk to someone who's been making his mark uh, in the second row for Scarlets. Tyg Byrne joins us on the phone. How are you, Tyg? How are you doing? Good, good. First of all, um, congratulations, finally being named in the Island squad uh, and, and you're heading out to Oz. You, you must be pretty stoked about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yesterday was a bit of a long day, to be honest. Uh, I, I didn't know what time the squad was being announced, but um, I was kind of checking every couple of hours. Um, but in the end, got there, thank God. Well, congratulations, Todd. It's, uh, it's Jim Hamilton, mate. I know we played against other a few yeah, times, yeah. and I'd say I dominated you, but we, I didn't. Um, <laughs> He's honest for once, mate. <laughs> mate good, good player, good player. I think you went fifty. I went fifty. It was it was it was well matched. Um, mate, I thought you'd have more of a Welsh accent. John Barclay's picked up a bit of a Welsh accent down there. You've you've kept That's a bit good of culture. John, like, yeah, he, he tries to fit in, but he struggles a bit. <laughs> mate, he does. And for you, obviously, uh, frust- frustration early part of your career being at Leinster and and mo- moving on since you've been at Scarlet it's been it's been pretty amazing has it been a frustration for you that the ruling says that you can't play for Ireland you know has that been an ambition while you've been there could you see you moving back to Ireland like you have done was that always the plan uh not really I can't really say it was a plan because where my career was at at the time I don't think I could foresee the position I'm in now um coming to Scarlet I I kind of came over here just to be able to live the rugby lifestyle and maybe have one more crack at it. And I didn't really expect it to go as well as it did. But as I did start to play well, um, yeah, so there's frustration the fact that I can't stay at a club that I'm playing week in, week out for. We're winning games. We're like quite successful, and the way we play as well suits me down to the ground. Um, so there's a little bit of frustration the fact that to leave that behind to go home and try and play for my country. And has, uh, has Joe Schmidt been uh, on the phone talking to you throughout this process? Did he put any sort of heat or pressure on you to say, listen, if you do come back, you've got a hell of a chance to be in the squad and pull on those sort of emotional heartstrings? Um, not directly, no. Um, he he did push, I think, for me to sign for Munster, like behind the scenes, because um, when it came down to it, he did give me a phone call and just said this. Uh, it'd probably be the right move for me. Um, and I suppose that kind of sealed the deal, really. Um, but, you know, he didn't directly say um, you have to come home to play, but in a roundabout way, I guess he did. And then that obviously that um, that debate about going back, you're a Leinster boy, uh, going to play for Munster. Was there ever any chat about potentially going back to Leinster or was that uh, sort of old news, having been there and, and moved on from that? Uh, no, no, there wasn't any chat, really. I don't think they'd shown any interest, so... It was monster from day one, and that's where I ended up going. Mate, we'll chat a little bit about the weekend in a minute, but we were talking before you came on about these artificial pitches. I've played on them, um, yeah. and I know there's a lot come out about you guys not being able to train this week. So has preparation been modified, you know, is it as serious as people are saying in, in terms of the grass, the, the artificial burns? <laughs> Probably, yeah. The, I think the boys are kind of 
being a bit moany a little bit soft, on the Monday. Soft, soft, <laughs> soft. Soft, yeah. I don't think the forwards would have went in and done that. So it's all the backs and backs. Of course. Oh, jeez, soft. Mate, who's the size uh, of a forward no, now? No, but in fairness, the backs got the worst end because they're obviously running at top speed and they're the ones sliding on us. So I can't really... Um, comment on the, their sores but it, it it has been pretty bad in terms of the boys have been pulled from training on Monday um, I wouldn't know because I never train on Monday anyway so. yeah good man that's the way <laughs> prolong the career mate that's what that's what that happens yeah so I, I, they joined me uh, on the Monday and then um, yeah I think one of the steps ones after getting infected so that's obviously not ideal coming into the weekend either so yeah it's not a, it's not great the week before a final but you kind of just have to warrior on and get over it and it's part of the game um, I'm not a fan of the pitches myself um, especially I think no offence to Glasgow but I reckon that's the worst one I've played on by far um, it was just it was like a carpet it was it was so hot that day as well so that, that, that didn't help either but I don't know. I don't think that they don't know if they watered it or whatever before the game, but um, yeah, it wasn't ideal. And then obviously, just looking forward to this weekend's game uh, as an ex Leinster player. I, I read a little bit this week that you were you used to work delivering pizzas in Dublin. Is that true? Yeah. And yeah, you, and you used to man. deliver them to the likes of Sean Cronin and some of the other Leinster boys who are yeah, on Saturday. Yeah. Any decent stories? And did they tip well? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no chance, mate. Um, Shane Jennings tip. No. Jennings the tightest man in the world. <laughs> He, he was a good man for a tip, to be fair. Was he? Um, <laughs> as tidy as he may be. Yeah, I don't know. I, Sean Cronin, I did deliver to Sean Cronin, but his missus usually answered the door. Um, the thing was, the boys, the Leinster boys got 50% off as well. So <laughs> you'd think they'd throw an extra few quid. And mate, yeah, and mate, in terms of the game at the weekend, uh, you boys notoriously have done, done well against Leinster, you could say maybe their bogey team, but... The Champions Cup was a comfortable victory for them. Um, you mentioned preparations there. So how are you going into the game? Everyone knows that Leinster are the form team. Are you guys, are you going with an air of, of confidence off the back of last week? You know, How do you see it going? Yeah, I think since the semi-final for us, it's, we obviously got uh, beat up, to say the least. Bullied probably be the right word. Um, so I think we've kind of had a hard look at ourselves and... Uh, where we need, where we've needed to improve, and especially in our defence and that. So there's just been week on week we've been focusing on proving that little bit, little bit each time. And I think with the performances we put in the last couple of weeks, I think we've definitely, we've definitely been improving, and hopefully we'll have uh, improved enough to give them a put up a better fight on Saturday well mate we're looking forward to it mate I've got to say I'm a Leinster fan I'm kind of a little bit Irish as well I'm pretty big deal over there even if Barkley was playing everything, you? <laughs> I'll take you out if you Whoever, want to get, mate, whoever's winning I think mate yeah exactly mate if you're there and you want to deliver me a pizza and all that I'd be happy to take one but um, yeah I, I hope you boys do well even if Barkley was playing I'd be supporting Leinster what is your relationship with him it's a bit odd on Twitter I'm not going to lie with Barkley, <laughs> yeah. I've got some shit on that. Well, that that's no, all I, I know. From, what I, from what I know, I think Jim loves Barkley, but Barks hates Jim. Um, and it's probably because yeah, you've got a story on him, haven't you? I think, I think Jim might be living in his shadow now, is it? Oh, mate, no. I, <laughs> mate, he's been sending me naked Snapchats after he's had surgery, mate. That's how weird he is. <laughs> Uh, probably a few fire bombs running there. There you go. You know you're friends with him. Exactly. <laughs> Sick man. All right, Tyg, before this gets too twisted, uh, we'll let you go, mate. Uh, best of luck for the weekend. Thank you. And best uh, of luck for your trip down to Australia as well. Uh, thanks a million. Good man. Cheers, Tyg. Go on, go on Leinster. Come on, Leinster. Oh, come on, Scarlet. <laughs> you support Scarlet? I'm going to. Well, yeah, Stephen Jones used to 
Coach Mick Ross, he's a damn good, good friend bloke. of yours. Yeah, good friend, good yeah, man, yeah. Not say that. <laughs> he is, a good friend. But here's the difference, Jim. The people that I say I'm friends with, I am. You're just like, oh yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you know me? You're John, be my friend. They, they know me. That's they why you've come off Twitter. I'm, it's an offering. Well, I'm offering people. Offering people out, or no, not at all, mate. Talking of offering people out, mate. One of the not unsung heroes, a guy that has played unbelievably well for the last couple of years in the shadows. You know, there's, I've been a lot spoken about. I, yeah. I can't even pronounce his name. Tiger Burn. Tiger Tiger Burns. Tiger Burn. Tiger Burns has been playing well for the last couple of years, and I actually I didn't even know he was Irish. Until we were out in London, we were getting smashed up. I was like, mate, are you German? Like, what's the crack? He said, no. You actually out with him? Yeah, we're out, we're out. You we were, I promise lie. you, we were. That is a lie. We were in London, mate. We were doing the London thing. Yeah, he was out. You were in Soho. We were smoking. Yeah. Like, we were just so fucking cool. Uh, but it's great that he's been rewarded with that. I mean, some of the stats that come out, we didn't want to embarrass him with them, but... Everything he's won this year. So he's won Player of the Year, Players Player of the Year, Supporters Player of the Year, Try of the Year. I mean, he's getting carried out on people's shoulders at the weekend, surely. Mate, he's got to be, yeah. Definitely. And the wheels on him for a second row. I mean, Jim, it, that must... Looking at him and how he plays, and you played and you retired a year ago, that's... You watch him, you think, and then you watch yourself. You, you must think... <laughs> I was pretty embarrassing. Matt, player, wasn't I? I was a workhorse, mate. I was a workhorse. <laughs> I like Thir- to say donkey. You can mate, you say workhorse. Donkey. Yeah. I say donkey. Uh, cart horse. Yeah. Oh. Thirty-eight turnovers in the league this season. Mate, you don't have to be Corbs, mate. You don't need to. Mate, I'm just stats. reading some twat. Yeah, six foot six. He, nice. <laughs> is that a stat? <laughs> I was just reading. He's done really some well. Stats. He's six foot six. Yeah, he's got thirty-eight turnovers. Mate, um, yeah. Stick to stories. Don't worry is about that, stats. Yeah, fuck the stats. <laughs> fuck off, Corbs. Tig Furlong. Tiger. Did you see his snap? You, you might not have seen his Snapchat. No. Uh, has put a picture on his Snapchat uh, on the plane back from... I'm trying to think where the plane back was. I think it's after the Champions Cup final. Okay. Um, and he's put a picture of who you like to call the sperm. Um, the pregnant, sp- pregnant snake. <laughs> the pregnant snake, whatever you want to call him. Um, in terms of Devon Toner, who is a million times a better rugby player than you were, Jim. <laughs> oh, uh, man. And he's put a picture of him up there going, oh, he's lost his head, something like that. And he's got beef with Jim Hamilton. <laughs> Like that, so well, do, do you not you, think you that claim that they all like they don't like you, mate, Jim? You've got the biggest, you've got the biggest, the best tight in the world. Just won a Champions Cup. They're flying back, and he's thinking about me. <laughs> <laughs> mate, showbiz, mate. Do you know showbiz. what I mean? This is what it is. Um, but yeah, Prem. Two one-sided semi-finals, really, wouldn't they? Oh well, you could say that. And yeah, the, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it was pretty, wasn't it? It was pretty one-sided. Saracens Wolves game. <laughs> oh, mate, why didn't Wolves turn up? They not want to. Mate, they want to turn up or what? Oh, oh listen, you know, in reality, um, and I said it on the pod last week, didn't I? I said, I th- Sarah's, I think they'll win. Uh, did you think they'd get Wofster, 50? Uh, it, yeah, did you think uh, Saracens would concede 35? Oh, it doesn't matter what you concede, mate. Of course it does. Of course it does. Of course it does. And the TMO was terrible. Graham Hughes. Oh, he <laughs> There was a couple of tries that shouldn't have been given for you boys, but we should, like the Elliot Daly one, he scores it. Uh, let's, not, mate, let's not beat around the bush. Sarah's bush, absolutely bush, bush. Dominated wasps. That's the best uh, I've seen Sarri's play. That's the yeah. best, and some of them said that's the best we've ever played in that opening half. Yeah, but they were helped by wasps. So you know, but within the first couple of minutes, Keenan Miles second row has just let Owen Farrell waltz through. You've got to defend the ball. You can't drift when well, Owen Farrell's got the ball. How you defend those? No, no, no. Mate, he's third defender and he's just looking outside. You can't. That, well, it depends what wasps do. If you're ma- if you're man marking or you're watching the ball, it depends. Well, you defend the ball. You, your job as a defender. You can't go drifting before the ball's been passed when you're opposite you, you the man. It, but it depends how your team defends. If you're third, the uh, third uh, defender, yeah. so you've got your guard, your bodyguard, and then you're the, the third defender, out, yeah. you can't just leg it off and leave the 10 for mate, the you inside. Scream and... your man. <laughs> scream your man, mate. So, yeah, your he, man! So, you know, and, and that was it, really. You look at the way they attacked Wasps. They, they absolutely bullied us. 
um, in and around the breakdown with the hard lines. And we weren't, defensively, you'd think tighten up, bar up, stop them on the gain line there, force them to go to the outside channels. Now, don't let them fucking go straight through the middle of us. Because once you make a break through the middle there... You toast, and obviously, you know, Farrell makes the break. Lazowski finishes off, and that, that that set the scene really. And then Mako's coming onto the ball, and Billy, and even Marrow, who I've actually said I don't think has carried anywhere near the way he should. He was just sitting people down for fun. Yeah, um, brilliant. Saracens were absolutely brilliant. Wasps physically got bullied, didn't turn up in that sense. But Wasps also played some excellent rugby. Um, and did rip Saris a new one at times. But, you know, the game was comfortably Saracens. I, no one would have beaten them. And that's, why like I th- and that's why I think that they'll win at the weekend. Yeah. Because I think the last few weeks, they've been very, very good. Yeah. They ha- they actually, you know you know what? They really have, haven't they? I think they put 50 points on the last three or four teams they've played against. Yeah. And a lot of it's come, I think, from the heartache of losing that quarterfinal against Leinster. Yeah. Now they've got um, some big game pl- players back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they dealt with the hurt of losing to Leinster, and they were dominated by Leinster, weren't they? Leinster yeah. did to Saracens in a roundabout way what Saracens did to Wasps in the semi-final a bit at times, didn't they? Yeah, but what um, they, did, they did after that... They, they went on the, the smash. Yeah, they went on the smash. They, they, they where did went, they go again? To Valencia yeah, or yeah. somewhere like that. They, yeah. went, they went away as a group and did what Saracens do. Obviously, regroup, get absolute steam in, have a load of fights, smoke a load of fags. and Who's fighting? No, I don't know. Go on, name names. I don't know. Well, you told me off air, didn't you? Yeah, I don't know. I think Billy knocked out Marrow. That's just what I heard. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there. Um, yeah, and that's why Marrow's carrying like a monster. But um, yeah, that, that's what they do, don't they? And I think we, we spoke about it, not 12 months ago, but the beginning of the, the season, and we said, potentially same top four, I said was, but uh, wouldn't. But... We all, we all said it's probably going to be a Saracens extra final. They, they've been the two best teams in the league. Comfortably. Comfortably, well. yeah. yeah. Comfortably. All round game, comfortably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you actually look at it and you, you think back to last year, and in reality, Saracens put all their, not all their eggs, but they put a lot of their eggs in the, we're going to win the Champions Cup basket, didn't they? Yeah. So, and I go back to that, you know, they could have, they had their own destiny in their own hands. In terms of Premiership finishing first or second last year, sent the Shags to Coventry. <laughs> we put the Shags out to Wasps. Got <laughs> sent, sent the Shags to Cov and got absolutely hosed by Wasps, <laughs> uh, which lost them their uh, home semi-final berth. Well, there was a couple of results waiting on that yeah, as well. Yeah. It wasn't a case of just beating. Oh, wasps, I blame you, Jim. Yeah, I blame Jim because he played. Uh, but then also small, very fine margins. You go to Saracens. Sorry, you go to Exeter in the semi-final, um, and obviously it was off the back of the Champions Cup final the week before and. Boys have been celebrating hard, but for a couple of days, and then switched on to the semi-final. And it took extra till the 79th minute to, you know, the championship minutes when Jim Hamilton normally comes on and saves the game. Jim was ill; he wasn't on the bench because he had his Graves disease. Henry Slay kicks that monster penalty, and that's what, you know, what that it might come down to something like that at the weekend, yeah, because extra a quality team. That whole performance in that first half. I know they're playing Newcastle, and everyone expected them to win. In the first half, they had 92 percent possession. Yeah. And 93% territory. Keep the ball. That's the easiest way. Yeah. That's what Baxter said. Against a, a passive Newcastle defence, that there weren't many holes there, but they were just conceding ground. I was surprised, with, I was surprised with Newcastle. I thought they'd be better. Discipline was I don't poor. Think yeah, I don't think they're allowed to be better, though, because of how amazing Exeter were ball in but hand. still, I think you're in a, your first semi-final, and you've got to be physically... Yeah. Like, what's have been there? What's have been there? They're in a final. They've been in big, big games. This is the biggest game in Newcastle's history. And that's a couple of things that have disappointed. Mate, we love Newcastle. We talked them up. 
and we're big fans of what they're doing. But, you know, that game at St. James's Park, yeah. they didn't really turn up for the big emotion. Then there was an emotional build-up to that, and they actually didn't play that well in that game. It was Northampton, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and Northampton were winning from the majority of that game, especially in the first half. They yeah, dominated yeah. them. Yeah. And the same in the semi. Yeah. But I, oh, ju- just I, I just think the biggest game of your careers of the club's history, yeah. and I just thought they they could have given a bit more. They could have been on the edge a bit more. Yeah. But, uh, you look at it in both ways. You look at it and say, right, we're not being physical enough. Someone's got to end someone and, and create a big impact. But then you look at Exeter and see how they attack. Oh, they go just through a million phases. Yeah. And the ball skills across the whole team are unbelievable. So it's not like Farrell looking outside and saying, GMR, he's going to drop this definitely yeah. when you were playing. It, the way they consistently hold on to the ball and put massive amounts of pressure and fatigue on the defence and it reaped its rewards in the second half. So it'd be, I can't wait to watch the final because Exeter will just do exactly the same thing, try and play exactly the same. The way they play, they'll potentially kick a bit more uh, in terms of looking for field position. But from their own 10-metre line and up, they will just play, 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 play. I think Saracens will win comfortably. Do you think? Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm not just saying that because I've got an association with them. You know, So it's going to be my last game as ambassador for the club. Is it? Yeah, that's last game. Upsetting. Yeah, I'm sad. So you, next year you'll be not Mr. Saracens? No, not Mr. Saracens. Might be Mr. Scotland. I mean, I'm in talks. I'm in talks oh, with Scotland. God, is that Mate, got to hear just, about them all yeah, year? exactly. So might be Mr. Scottish Scotland. We're in talks at the minute. So we'll see. But yeah, so my last that's association. That's sad, Yeah, it's, 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 it's sport, Goody. It's sport and it's business, you know? Like, it's one of them things. Basically, I've asked for the same money as Goody. They've said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just think that Saracens... They're hurt from the Champions Cup yeah. final. The way that they're playing, they've got Billy back. Michael Rhodes made, made a huge Im- impact. Vincent Cock. Hell of a piece. <laughs> um, I just think, you know, Scout Britz's like, final game, Chris Wiles' final game on the wing, Alex Goode's in an exceptional form. Mate, I just think that if Exeter go back-to-back champions from where they've come from, I mean, it's amazing what they've done already Yeah. in, in terms of winning the Premiership last year against Wasser or Average. You are. Um, <laughs> You fucking what, son? Um, but Exeter I, knocked you out and it went to extra time. I will be massively, massively impressed with Exeter. Yeah. How does Exeter win this? You look at it and you look at players like Don Armand, who you're going to need to bar up in defensively. When If Marrow's coming, then Mako's coming, then Billy's coming, Rhodesy, you know, whoever's in that back row, Jackson Ray... You know, he was out. He's getting picked on form ahead of Michael Rhodes. Yeah, two hundred games for Saracens ahead of Schaltberger, and he's nowhere near the England squad. Yeah, yeah. They they just come wave after wave, and if you whack them on the gain line, then sometimes Saracens have to try and find another way of play because they do physically try and bully teams, and they bully in a different way now. So they used to bully with dominant set piece, brilliant kicking game, mental line speed, and physically bully you by putting pressure on you. That now the brand of rugby they play is exceptional. Um, and it's not just this kick-chase game that everyone's labelled them with for years. They've scored more tries, I think, than anyone else in the Premiership. You've got the likes of Lozowski at outside centre now, which, you know, that selection of him there is, we've got rugby to play, you know, we've got threats in the outside channels. You know, that, that's his position as well. I've yeah, said that. I think I, so. He's definitely not a 12. Yeah. Um, well, but the best form of defence is attack. And okay. Rob Baxter and his team like to hold on to the ball. <laughs> yes, for multi-phase rugby. Yes. In, um, in the middle third as well. Yes. Third, they hold on the ball for longer okay. than any other team. But do you, do you know what? And you look at it and you go, Rob Baxter saw something this year, halfway through the season, to drop Steenson and pick Joe Simmons. And we've spoken about him on the pod, haven't we? That's a massive thing to do for a coach. Steenson's your captain, your talisman, the guy that's kicked the winner last year. Um, the fulcrum of that team drives the attack 
drives the standards as well from what you hear from the, the other squad. Gets all the boys around his house afterwards for, in his bar. Imagine that conversation, mate. We're dropping you for a 21-year-old Joe Simmons. He's got a lot of talent. But when you're champions and you're trying to make yourself even better than you were last year, it's a huge thing for Rob Baxter to do. So I can't wait. I, lo- I love Joe Simmons um, and, and how he's played. Uh, he attacks the game on. He's not scared to take it on himself a bit. And he can do that because he knows that some teams you play in the 10 has to be there every phase dictating what goes on. Exeter, doesn't matter who's at 9, who's at 10. You know, sometimes you've got Don Armand chucking pies out from 9 or whatever. They're all very comfy on the ball and they all step up. They all work hard for each other. So that allows Simmons to attack in around the breakdown as well when he wants to. Looking for inside balls, dummying and going. So his his game uh, and his attacking game and the balance that he brings will be really key to Exeter trying to compete and his battle against Farrell because Farrell was unbelievable against Wasps. Best he's played all season. Yeah. yeah, there's not many people that have kicked 11 out of 11 in the Premiership, let me tell you. I, I did 13 out of 13 but don't worry about it really who was it against uh, Newcastle okay yeah yeah. someone tweeted me but yeah. I didn't know oh yeah someone but, tweeted yeah, of course you didn't you've got that picture up on your wall mate. yeah I know I didn't actually uh, watch the Saracens Any of, course, of, course, of course no surprises there no surprises <laughs> no. there but uh, neither did James Haskell no no he was at the Royal he might have watched it on rugby pass if he flew out the country are you surprised by the flack he's been copping yeah I think Lawrence Thalio and Austin Healy threw him under the bus so he's injured and he's he's had a scan so it's not an injury where He's taking the best. Yeah. He, he's injured, so he came off, I think, 10 minutes into the second half of the last game of the season. He's tried his damnedest to get fit. Physio's given it, mm, mate, uh, your foot's in a bit of a mess. You're not going to be fit. He's already said no to the wedding. He's spoken to Die Young. Dai's, yeah, you know, I'll give you permission to go. Cleared it with the boss. You know, he's done everything he can in a week to help the team prepare. Going to Harry and Meghan's wedding, the royal wedding, with an invitation like that, is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And Lawrence Dalio and Austin have just said, oh, I think it should be, you know, the value that you could add in the change rooms. No, it's like anything. When you're in a team and you've got a guy that's not involved, in it, he ain't going in the change room and, and no. riding boys up, is he? Mate, it's all not Haskell ain't it either, is he, to be fair? No. You know what I mean? He's a serious guy when, he play, when he's playing, but when he's not. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I think it's horrendous what, and I said it on Twitter, everyone that's hammering him for going to the Royal Wedding, put yourself in that position. You get invited to Harry and Meghan's wedding... Which I did, I, but I just couldn't go. I was in Hong Kong. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, yeah. You just say, you're obviously, you're obviously going. <laughs> I'm the, in. The, the, the difference free thi- piss. Yeah. I'm <laughs> in. Free food. Goody's in. The difference is, it, had he been fit? And he wasn't fit, so what's wrong with him going? But I, I thought, I, definitely. And the fact that the club aren't keeping him, where's the loyalty with that? Because people are, oh, what's his team? And they are still his team, and they're still, he's still employed by, by them. You know, but if he... I'm sure, <laughs> not 100% sure, but if, if they kept on for another couple of years, he, he might have gone to that game. No, no, no chance. Mate, even if you've got two years left in your contract, you're injured, who's not going to the wedding? True. Mate, it's I, the royal I, wedding. It's a once-in-a-lifetime the, opportunity. It's different characters wouldn't, wouldn't, like they would go. Mate, mate, you, you remember the, Farrell's going to, <laughs> going to the wedding or if he's, he's going to watch the boys. No, but, uh, well, maybe that's... That, that's people's decisions then. But for me, you're going to remember the, going to the royal wedding for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, we still tell tales of Mike Tindall. How good, mate. I don't think Hesk and uh, Harry got on. Yeah, they got they got on, but basically, so. I'll say it, Haskell's got his head underneath a vodka fountain. It's obviously the best vodka known to man at the Mike Tindall and Zara's wedding. And Harry keeps saying to go again, and Haskell being Haskell, he ain't backing down until he's had like three bottles of vodka, <laughs> and then he's absolutely slippered. And Harry keeps saying to go again, and then Hask loses his shit. And basically offers Harry out, and Harry says, look, the sniper's on the roof, mate, you took me, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucked. And then he was abusing Dylan, partly, 
Um, and I was on the bus with Dylan and Dylan was crying at the front of the bus and I was like, Dylan, what's wrong? He was like, he was calling me Dildo. He was calling me shit. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell, fucking hell Dildos. He's got a fucking point, mate. <laughs> Let's get to the back of the bus. True story. Um, yeah, so anyone that says Haskell should have been at Wasps in the semi-final, my opinion is he's done the right thing going to the Royal Wedding. I agree. Does anyone remember semi Do I remember any of my semi-finals that I played in years ago? Yes, only, you only, tell only, us all about them only, every time we get on only, the yeah. Only the one when I dropped the goal to beat Gloucester single-handedly. But do, you, do you remember the ones that you didn't play in? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> no. no. Yeah. And the ones I lost, no. You yeah. forget about it. Yeah, of course. Do mate. I remember, That's will a... I remember Mike Tindall's wedding forever? Yes, I will. Exactly. Will James Haskell remember Prince Harry's wedding forever? You wait till the stories come out on that. Ima- I was going to say, imagine. 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 Yeah. What, give it about a year give it about a year and then a few of them start filtering out I'm going to get some we'll get them on the I'm live bring, show yeah I'm going to bring them on here you were at the England training today um, were they running sips at fullback uh, yeah they were actually uh, obviously it's been so Eddie Jones has named uh, named his squad for this week and he, he I don't know why he does it but he names fullbacks and inside backs and the inside backs are the 9s 10s and 12s and the fullbacks are the outside centers wingers and fullbacks he's named Cipriani as fullbacks I don't understand why you don't just name backs and forwards as opposed to full-backs and inside-backs. It's just something else that Eddie Jones does to get a bit of uh, media engagement, I suppose. Uh, and that's Who, what we're doing. But Cipriani trained at full-back. Who was at 10? Uh, th- sorry, Cipriani trained at full-back, not in terms of necessarily starting, but that's where in the team sessions he seemed to spend a lot of time. George Ford at 10. Oh, for fuck's sake. No, but this is the thing. So you... You're you not a fan? Ben, no, ben Young's... But I, yeah, I, I, I am. think I the, the team will get announced tomorrow. I think the starting back line from watching training is going to be Ben Young's at nine, George Ford at ten. Uh, ben Teo's injured; uh, he's pulled his quad. So I believe. Uh, tell me, Piers, Tr- tell me, Trinders. Piers Francis at twelve. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, there's, the people are injured. Boys aren't there. There's the boys. So you could play Lazowski, Slade, Farrell, these sort of guys. They're all in the prem final. All right, okay. Trinder at thirteen. Yes, I think. Um, starting, interestingly, starting thirteen for England in the World Cup. You heard it here first, folks, on the rugby pod. No, I don't think so, but... Well, I think he will. I think he's that good. Yeah. Uh, and then potentially, Mike Brown trained a lot on the ding a ling a ling a ling a ling a ling a wing On the wing? Yeah, Elliot Daly looked like he was having a good crack at fullback. Mike Brown on the wing? Yeah. And Johnny May on the other wing. The best scrimmager in the world. Mike Brown, is there no other wingers? Well, it might just be training. Who knows? We'll see. Get banners on the wing. We'll see. Well, there's Joe Cocker and the singer. Yeah. What a unit he is. He's a beast, mate. And I tell you, there's a player to watch out. I tell you now, there's a player to watch out for, and Worcester have got themselves an absolute diamond of a youngster, Ollie Lawrence. He tore it up at training this morning. Really? Genuine, eighteen-year-old kid. And I'm right. Do you remember when we did the dinner at Worcester? Yeah. And do you remember the guy on our he table? He said his sons, and is it him? That's him, and he's in the England squad. Really? My, weirdly, he hasn't got picked for the England under twenties, but he's in the England squad to play the Barbars. Well, well, yeah, but that pro- one out. yeah, but he might end up going up to the under twenties. So, so no, they've, they've announced their squad to go to the World Cup, and he oh, didn't, really? didn't get picked. Um, so that fellow that we were sat with—that's his son. And he's, he's, we were at this dinner in Worcester. He was just talking about how great his son was, you know. And we he's were like, yeah, yeah, here. yeah. And you know, we're, we're I'm proud of my kids, and you know, everyone that has a son or a daughter that plays sport. You back your kids, right? <laughs> you think they're great. Yeah. There's not many people that go, geez, my son is shit. <laughs> At dinner. <laughs> but you, I've you heard either, a few of them, man. You I've either don't talk about them or you tell, tell everyone how great they are. And he was going on and on and on. And I've watched him train for the first time ever today. He ripped it up at an England training session. Really? Yeah. So watch out. Ollie Lawrence is going to be some player. You guys got any any rumours? Any other rumours floating around? Oh, I've not even I've not had me me head to the wall, mate. Head to the wall. Head to the wall. Here to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> this kid, eh? 
Oh, education. <laughs> um, well, mate, obviously, Guzzi's gone to Quinn's. Mm. We haven't talked about that, have we? Really? Yeah, we didn't know about that. Well, we, we kind happened. of did know about it. It happened very quickly. It did. It hear. did. It did. And it, all he keeps talking about is Eddie Jones. Oh, me and Eddie are good mates. Does that mean he's not good mates? Um, yeah, the whole Gustard thing is quite interesting, actually, because obviously we're, what are we, 15, 16 months out from a World Cup. And now you talk about England at England training. You've got a new attack coach just for this tour in Wisemantle. Is he a permanent fixture? No, he's not at the minute. Now you've lost your defence guy. The two, the three biggest fa- facets of the game are set-piece, defence and attack, without yeah. stating the obvious. Of those three facets, you ain't got two coaches in it. And, you, and you've got the wooden spoon at the Six Nations. Well, Italy, Italy did. But, mate, I, don't, I can't work it out. Yeah. But the thing is now, then there's a reshuffle elsewhere, isn't there? Yeah. So so, so there's rumours now that the Scotland defence coach, yeah. Maddy Taylor, yeah. great bloke. Is he? Hung like an absolute horse as well. Is he? Yeah. Um, he is apparently talking to England. Because Scotland's defence has been really good over the years. Mate, he's it? great. He, he, was, he was Glasgow defence coach and Scotland. Mate, he's a great coach. Yeah. Genuine, mate, fucking hell. Good, he put nearly 70 points on you in the Six Nations, <laughs> mate. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, so they're, they're talking to him, Alex Sanderson. There's no chance Alex Sanderson is having a job with Eddie Jones again. Do you know what I think is going to happen at Saris? No, I don't know. They don't like each other. Yeah, well, no. They had a fallout. Oh, did they? What do you know? Well, there's a lot of people that work with Eddie Jones. That hate him. <laughs> Jim said it. That he, he is autocratic in how he manages. Um... But that's how he sees his management style and how he sees that's the best way to manage. And it works with some people, doesn't work with everyone. So, you you know, it's like anything. A lot of Kiwi coaches now sort of say, there you go, guys, over to you. You know, you come out with the answers and the problem. And that doesn't work for some players because some players want to be told, you're the coach, tell us what we need to do. So there's that balance. Um, and Eddie Jones obviously is at one end of the spectrum. And, um, you know, you just hear murmurings. Uh, coming out of Saracens, i.e. Jim tells us that uh, what, what everyone said was that Alex Anderson... Didn't like Eddie Jones and vice versa. I didn't know that. Matt, you, I, I could see that happening. You know, um, what I can see happening with Saracens though. I can that, see, I can see Mark McCall taking the Ireland job. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Alex Anderson, I thought would have stepped up. Well, that's what Mark McCall said this week. He said Alex Anderson is the one man that will take over from me as director of rugby if I leave. Yeah. Um, Jim always calls me an arrogant Englishman and all this stuff. What gives us the right? A job comes up and they're like, right, here's the candidates. Alex Arneson, uh, Sean Edwards, Brad Davis, you know, whoever, the Matt Taylor. It's business, right? So, yes, being involved with England sounds like the dream fixture. But these people have actually got to want to work with Eddie Jones, want the defensive job for England. And, you know, you more than talk to coaches. Paul Gustav's taking this Quinn's job, by the way, for a reason. Or for many reasons. He wants to be a head coach. You know, longevity of his career. He's got now probably a three or four year deal with Quinns. His contract was up at the end of the 2019 World Cup. If you go to a World Cup and you underperform, as you see, whatever happens, you kind of lose your job, don't you? Yeah. Is he thinking, I've got this job for one year. We might win the World Cup, which would be great. But in reality, if we don't, am I going to still have a job after it? He knows. He knows England ain't winning the World Cup. Well, no, but this is the thing. You don't know. You can't say we're not going to win it. I can categorically tell you. Let's have a bet then. All right. So you're saying England will not win the World Cup? <laughs> I am saying, yeah. And if they and, and, if they do win it, what are you going to do? If they do win it? Yeah. What Matt, are you going to do? If they win the World Cup, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, run down Oxford Street naked, <laughs> you, mate. You said it. Like the tripod. So, I'm not going to say that. Um, I'll get an England t- t- tattoo on my ass. Well, if, you if, if you get a Scotland tattoo on your ass, if England don't win it. I'm not going to do that. But here's the thing. So, And also, the other side of it is Paul Gustard, head coach of Harlequins, earns a lot more money than... Paul Gustard, defensive coach of England. 
You reckon? Yeah. 100%. What sort of money do you think? I don't know, but double your money. You're doubling your cash. Taking the head coach as well. Of course you are, yeah. Mate, I reckon he's on 250, 300 at England. Paul Gus, I doubt it. No? No. I reckon he... But I'm talking figures. <laughs> Look at me. It's so football, isn't it? Yeah, Look no, no. But for, if, if you're discussing it, he's probably... I reckon he's on England 150. He's gone to Quinn's on 300. You reckon? Yeah. A director of rugby, and we talked about, you know, who are the top directors of rugby in terms of wages, etc. David Humphreys. Yeah. Uh, Gloucester. Um, and, and, you know, it's all relative to uh, market forces and who's available at the time and how desperate a club is. Now, Chris Boyd has named his price at... Northampton because he's an unbelievable coach that they've taken out of the New Zealand system. And they know he's done well with the Hurricanes and he's desperate. gone and he knows that Northampton are desperate because they were very, very poor. So, so what's he on, do you reckon? Yeah, four hundred plus. Yeah. Peanuts. That is a lot of <laughs> New Zealand dollar. The reality of it is, as a coach, is the dream to be the England coach at the World Cup? Potentially. But if you're a, a, an assistant coach or so a defensive coach and you get a, offered a head coach role, or the opportunity to get that, it's an upgrade. And then we sit there and go, oh, well, straight away, he'll be our defensive coach, or him, or him, or him. You have to understand the dynamics of working with certain people. And let's not beat around the bush. There's a lot of people that have worked under Eddie Jones at England, and there's been a huge turnover of staff. Rightly or wrongly, I'm not saying it's Eddie Jones' fault. What I'm saying is... You're just giving the stats. The it, yes. You know, he is very, very... Uh, Difficult. He's, he's a very hard <laughs> man in terms of his expectations. What are you trying to say? I wouldn't want to work for him, I'll be Mate, honest. It worked me too I've hard, and I don't I've, like I've working too heard, hard. I've not heard good things. but He's I, done very well for England, the, the first two years, but you look at his record, and every two, every club he's been at, or every international team he's been at, the first two years are great, and then... Same old voice. Mate, we'll so. see, mate. The proof for me, as in, is Eddie Jones a good coach? We will see in the next year. Should we go to the good, the bad, and the ugly? Oh, please. Let's please, see what's been wait. good, what's oh. been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week. Can't yes. wait. Uh, well, you know, there's bits and bobs of good this week. Um, Jim, you were out in uh, Shlongdong. That was good. Uh, that was certainly good. The Sunwolves, they beat the Stormers out in Hong Kong, didn't mate, they? Mate, so hot. Their first ever back-to-back wins in Super Rugby. Oh, I love the Super Rugby, mate. Do you know anything about it? Do you, do you know Absolutely anything? nothing. No, <laughs> I just know that the, the uh, Sunwolves 10 has shanked a drop kick. And we're like, no, yes. It's gone over. It's gone over. The Last old, play of the, the game. The old Sally Gunnell. Yeah. Effective. Uh Let's stick with a bit of super ruggers. Uh, the Jaguars or the Haguares. The Jaguars. The Jaguars, yeah. Five wins on the spin. That's pretty good. Uh, the Waratahs ended a run of 40 straight defeats for Australian teams against the Kiwi team in Super Rugby when they beat the Highlanders. Uh, you notice Andy Rose keeping completely quiet when you abuse a Kiwi team. Of course, yeah. Nothing to say, Andy. Oh, no, he's just so boring. Um, where else should we go? Uh, Saracens and Exeter, um, in terms of their semi-final victories, yep. as we said before, the two yep. best teams right. in the Premiership this year dominated both semi-finals. Outstanding work. Then let's go over to France, because we like French rugby. I love it. And I'm delighted to say that there were two away victories in the barrage, the quarter-final, yep. effectively. Cast beat Toulouse in Toulouse. Local rivalry, everyone expected Toulouse to win. But the big one, was the one I was commentating on. Toulon at home at the Stade Felix Mayol against Lyon, who they hosed there earlier in the season. They ended up drawing, went to extra time, still drawing, but Lyon scored more tries in the game than Toulon did and went through and knocked Toulon out with all their superstars. Wow. And your mate? Sacked. Fabian Gautier. sacked? Oh, I'm, I'm commentating the game and... Toulon should have won by 20 points, comfortably. Chris Ashton left his hands in the changing room, dropped two absolute and sitters tits, yeah. for, for tries. Um, did score an absolute... Worldy of a try as well, hell of a finish. But 
he missed two of the easiest tries Chris Ashton could ever score, just dropped the ball. And, you know, when things conspire against you, you could just see what was happening. And they had, as a team with all those superstars, the way they do it, I think, is they go, right, we've got Nonu, we've got Bastaro, we've got Ashton, we've got Randrada, we've got uh, Tuas over. Someone's going to do something. So there's no structure, there's no coaching. No. It's just play, 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 play. And they just looked devoid of our ideas. Um, so Fabian get the sack or not? I don't know. No, he hasn't yet. But uh, he can't be happy more at Bujalan. No. Uh, but anyway, Leon deserved it. Unbelievable. So now, um, so Leon, uh, Leon are in the semi-finals now against again. Montpellier okay. on Friday tomorrow, yeah. and the semi-finals, incidentally, both being played in Leon. Oh, okay. So that was really two away victories in quarterfinals. Enjoyed which that, which is unheard of in French rugby. Really. Okay. Uh, that was pretty good. But the only. Or the big good thing for me this week, um, all about Tom Youngs and the family. Confirmation that his wife Tiffany is in remission. Um, and there's actually a podcast on her story called The Backstory, if anyone wants to go and look it up on iTunes. Inspirational stuff. Yeah. Obviously, you go back, pre-Lions tour, Ben Youngs gets picked, pulls out because he wants to spend time with the family. What a story to see yeah. Tiffany in remission. And the picture that they put out on Twitter yeah, it's amazing. Uh, of the family, just um, unbelievable scenes. Yeah. Uh, hairs on the back of your neck. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. Sort of stand up, amazing to see. So, the good this week goes to Tom Youngs, Tiffany Youngs, and their little daughter. Uh, the bad, plenty of bad this week. Uh, Glasgow. Oh, mate, here Start he is. with the Scots. Go on, then. 100% at home this season, but froze on the big occasion, Jim. They absolutely choked it against the Scarlets. Get it, Glasgow froze. Uh, it's yeah, cold up there. Exactly. See what um, Nick White's facial hair. That wasn't very good. No. His tash. Not happy with I that. Not tash. feeling that. Um, the Burns suffered by the Scarlets players on the pitch at Scotston. Scotston. How do you say it, Jim? Scotston. Scotston. Um, the Burns that they suffered and the complaints coming out this week about 4G pitches or 5G or 3G, whatever they are. 3Gs. Um, terrible. Um, what else was bad? Lawrence Delalio and Austin Healy. Oh, leave Throwing Haskell under the bus. All right. Saying he should have been at the game and not the Royal Wedding. I think there's a tinge of jealousy in that because they weren't invited. And Haskell was. Mate, yeah, um, could have had mine. Anyway, moving on. We just spoke about Toulon. They're pretty bad this week. Toulon losing at home in the quarterfinal that no one would have expected them to. Chris Ashton changed his boots at half-time. Should have changed his hands as well. Oh, mate. Oh, my hands. Yeah. Um, we've talked him up relentlessly on this. Yeah. Well, his nickname he's, is Tits. He's been, <laughs> so, and Casper. <laughs> he's been unbelievable. And he did score a hell of a try. But Toulon and Chris Ashton, pretty bad. Where else are we going? We're going to the Highlanders. Tavita Nabora. Is this ugly? No, this is still the bad gym. This is my oh, segment. Really? Okay, because this was fucking ugly, mate. Tavita Nabora sent off for his kung fu style kick to the face of Cameron Clark. What was he doing? Why is he do that? He's just looked at him and gone, love it! Fucking out. Um, that was pretty bad from him. Um, then one more thing, really. Let's just talk New Zealand again, shall we? Please. Steve Hansen, what are you on about? Your name, your squad, oh, yeah, Bread Shields would have been picked... Uh, it would have been an all-black this year, but why do you even need to say that? Pick him on form, which you should have done over the last few years, if you're going to pick him. And now, I think he's just a bit bitter, uh, Steve Hansen, the he fact is. that he's chosen good. England over New Zealand. So uh, that was pretty bad. But the bad this week has to go to James Slipper. What a name. Slipper. Mate, can you imagine being called Mr. Slipper? Yeah. Mr. Slipper! Um, but the bad goes to James Slipper this week, who's been banned for two months after testing positive for cocaine. Not once... But twice. And he did say that, you know, there was reasons for it. He's been suffering with depression, but um, it's more bad news for Australian rugby. Um, no place in, in the game for uh, use of drugs. And I, I just hope that he gets the treatment that he needs, um, you know, because obviously doing drugs and, and playing professional sport 
shouldn't be a place for just it. And I just I think two months perhaps isn't enough um, to set a precedent. So um, that's pretty bad. But then the ugly, the only one ugly thing for me this week, and there's been plenty of things in the bad that could have been ugly. But anyone see any any of the uh, the Super Rugby and Super Sport in South Africa? Yeah, oh, you showed me. Did oh, you send it to my me? My goodness. I didn't know whether this is real or not. Tell the tell the so, walk out. So yeah, Ashwin Vilemsa uh, is the sort of one of the three pundits on the on the show, and he's at the screen, so he's doing touchscreen stuff. And you have got Nas Botha and um, Mallet, Nick, Nick Mallet, uh, sat in the seats, and they're talking throughout the game and uh, and the analysis. And Ash, apparently, Ashwin Vilemsa didn't get a chance to say something after one of the games, and then when they came to analyse it later on. After another game, I think Nick Mallett said, "Oh, let's give Ashwin uh, Willemser his chance to say what he, he he thinks of the game because he didn't get chance after the last game." And then he's like, "No, didn't want to say anything." So then Nas Botha and and Nick Mallett start talking, and Ashwin Willemser live on air when they eventually came back to him said, uh, "Went along the lines of, oh, I can't work with you guys. You're patronising.'" He's claimed that they're making patronising comments about him and referred to them as people that played during the apartheid era, inferring that there was a, a case of racism, which um, live on air, you know, there's ways and means of doing it. Now the sports minister's got involved and basically called out Nas Botha and, and Nick Mallet saying they are, you know, racially oh God. and all this stuff. So it's just ugly scenes, you know. If you've got issues, don't do it live on air. You know, if there are things to be said and if there is a case to be heard, do it off screen. Because now it's divided, again, it's divided the country and South Africa are, um, you know, I speak to people that live out there and they say it's actually, as politically and, and the way the country is at the minute, it's teetering on the edge in terms of, you know, the where, which, it's, going. where it's going as a country. Mm. Um, so it's worrying. And, and, and when someone does that, yes, you want people to have an opinion, but... Mate, there must be something in it for him yeah, to say. Of that. course. I'm not denying there isn't. Mm. Um, I'm not saying there's no racism. I'm not saying there is racism. What I'm saying is, on air, what's been said... You know, there is nothing there to to suggest that Ashwin Willemser should, you know, walk off set live because that then creates a big storm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if something's been said off air, why are you going on there if you've got a problem with it in the first place? And, you know, it, it's just ugly all, all the way around. They're doing, Super Sport are doing a um, investigation into it. It doesn't look good. It's divided the country now. People are just labelling them as racist straight away when, you know, it's this, again, a trial by social media and, and that, how we all live. Uh, not good. So the ugly this week goes to that little segment of South African television. Thanks, Scooty. And we've got just uh, one quick shout out uh, today. Uh, that's to Project Waterboys Invitational Sevens team uh, to end on. Uh, they're playing in tournaments and donating all their prize money to Dotty Wears MND Trust and have won £4,000 in the past couple of weeks. So keep up the good work, boys. Outstanding effort. They were, they were the Hong Kong 10s as well. Were they? Yeah. Yeah, when Dotty was out, when we were out there, Jim. Dotty was there playing the shirt. They've got Dotty's foundation on it. So a brilliant bunch of boys. Yeah, it's it awesome. Was. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to us, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out eventbrite.co.uk for details on any upcoming live shows. Rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Thank you.